0: Talk Radio. Welcome to Under the Hoodies. I am Bill Kegel. I am joined, as always, by Tony DeNicola. I think I said your last name right, but Tony, what's going on, buddy?
1: hey oh, How's she going, eh?
0: Oh, she's going. I'm um, so happy to hear your voice. It makes me happy. So, um, As
1: it should. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, full disclosure everybody uh i did put a preview uh put on the show description that we're going to do a syracuse basketball preview we're actually going to hold off on that a week because um tony for you and i it's both it's both been a uh, rough tumultuous long sort of draining week um and uh we just couldn't secure a guest a uh, guest worthy of talking about syracuse basketball because it's a very optimistic season. I think this is going to be an exciting, exciting season for Syracuse basketball fans, but I feel like we owe it to the listeners to give them a better show than what we could have tonight. So we will be giving you a legitimate Syracuse uh, preview next week. We're probably going to do a half hour instead of the uh, 15, 20 minutes like we thought we were going to do. So we're going to do a half hour next week. We're going to have, um, we're going to have a uh, buddy yours on from your area and, uh, Just if anybody's been listening to the show for any length of time, uh, Brian Shipley is just an absolute rain man of sorts on all things Syracuse basketball. So we're going to talk to him as well. But um, that being said, Tony,
1: what's new in the world? Not much, man. Just uh, living that delivery and farm life, you know. Got to spend a wonderful day down in uh, Binghamton. Which, uh, fun fact about Binghamton, it is the butthole of central New York. And I couldn't despise it anymore after today. But such is life, man. Got to make the best of it. I'm from that area, so I
0: understand exactly what you're talking about. It is the skid mark of uh, New York.
1: I mean, it's in central New York.
0: It's 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 a terrible, terrible place. I, I'm not a fan of Binghamton, not a fan of Elmira. Uh, even though that's where I hail from, um, I still have a couple people down there. I like maybe like three and, um, but other than that, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing about that area that, that is appealing. Even the fact that John Jones is from that area. And I'm not sure, uh, I didn't warn you about this, but I don't know if he caught the news about John Jones, but he was stripped of his light heavyweight title again, somehow. Um, and, uh, he's suspended for a year. So. Things not looking good for uh, Binghamton's home son, uh, John Jones. Um, Did you hear about this news?
1: A little bit. I mean, it goes back to me saying I just can't stand these guys who are basically their athleticism. They're blessed by God, but they just can't seem to get out of their own ways. You look at John Jones, you look at Aaron Hernandez, um, even like a lesser known player, Randy Gregory for the Cowboys. Like, the guys can't stop doing drugs or smoking pot, just can't stop getting into trouble. And meanwhile, hardworking schlubs like you and me are like, God, if I had, you know, an ounce of their talent or athleticism, I, I'd be happy in the world. And they just, you know, it doesn't seem like they appreciate what they've been given.
0: No, I agree. Um, it's kind of crazy. He was hoping, uh, he claims he was hoping for a better outcome but was happy he was cleared of intentionally taking performance-dancing drugs. Um, Man, a less talented guy would have been booted from the UFC and really booted from any job they had uh, for all the crap that he's put them through um, or any one of us has ever put our employers through. We'd all be booted. Um, But interesting ruling today. Uh, USADA does not mess around, and unfortunately, as much as I love watching him in the octagon, I think this was the right call. I think you do have to send a message that this isn't going to be tolerated. You, regardless of talent and regardless of draw, it doesn't really make a difference. You are not excluded from the rules, and I think that the UFC and um, USADA did a good job here. Um, and like I said, I don't like I don't like siding with the big boys. I don't like siding with bureaucracy. But I mean, he really needs to be made an example of because he's just been basically doing whatever he wants for quite a length of time and uh he's wasted a lot of money he's wasted a lot of time a lot of other people's money a lot of other people's time uh most notably daniel cormier and Dan- dana white although i'm not a dana white fan um i, I actually 100 percent side with him and i actually have a little bit of empathy for him in this situation
1: well yeah especially with ufc 205 coming up this weekend and it, it's a super card and a little quick plug uh Billy Boy and myself will be doing a UFC 205 special together live this Saturday before the pay-per-view from the Kegel Castle from old Billy Boy's garage, if you will. But, um, yeah, it's, it's frustrating, man. I mean, this card at MSG, this is groundbreaking. This card's going to be huge. And can you imagine if John Jones was on as big as this one is? I mean, John Jones is arguably the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. You throw him in the octagon? with every other fight that's going on the card. I mean, you got McGregor, you got uh, – oh, excuse me. Oh, hang on a second. Uh, go ahead, Bill. i got to get a drink here.
0: Yep, no worries. Um, no, Tony's 100% right. We are doing that. Um, just, we're not sure what time we're going to do it. It's just going to be up. Uh, we're watching the fights here at my house, and uh, having a bunch of people over should be a good time. But, yeah, we're going to do – a. We're going to, have to do a podcast um, live, actually, face-to-face, which is going to be nice. You not have to worry about that silly delay. We can actually pick up on each other's cadences and actually have a decent conversation. And we show a little bit more of our personality. A little, uh, you will both hopefully be somewhat rested, which is never really the case when we do these shows during the week because uh, we just have to sort of show them in around our uh, family time. And um, it gets a little tough. You notice my energy is a little lower than it was last week. It's... Uh, I said, I'm, I'm quite tired. Um, I don't really want to make any excuses, but we'll just say, uh, between a baby and a baby that was elected president, I, uh, I'm I'm pretty exhausted today. So, um, but on that note, the two UFC 205 card is massive. Like I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I missed two o two because I was away with family, and uh, I'm not missing two o five for anything. I think last year we watched one ninety four McGregor beat Aldo, and um, you know that was a good time. And this is this that card was pretty good, and uh, this one looks to trump that. So, no pun intended there. Excuse me. I look forward to it though. I can't wait. So look 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 forward to that. We're going to do it probably a little earlier in the day, get it up as soon as possible, try to promote it a little bit. We'll try maybe even try to figure out if we can do a Facebook live there um with it, but uh but yeah, we will um like I said, we'll be doing it from the garage uh and it'll be a lot of fun. I really look forward to it. So um but anyway, let's go. Let's move on to our mid-season playoff preview. So basically how we're going to do this, Tony, is um we're, we're 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 playing around a little bit here, but we're going to essentially preview the playoff picture as it stands now. We're going to do this again before um before uh, the playoffs actually start, but this I thought would be kind of an interesting uh an interesting turn, a good way to look at some of the teams that matter. So, let's start in the AFC because we wanna we wanna sort of end and the NFC um and talk about our two teams and um and and I actually think the NFC is a lot more wide open and actually could be further discussion. The AFC looks somewhat cut and dry, but you know, there could be some fun to be to be had in there. So some of the teams on the outside looking in, um uh the Buffalo Bills are four and five, but the problem is they're one and three in against their uh against their division. Uh, the Colts oh, one, one and, and four, two the division. One and four. I said I said their division, not their conference, because the division oh, matters God. first. So they're one and three against the AFC East. Indianapolis wait, 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 and five, wait, wait. one Real and quick. two against the AFC South.
1: I'm sorry to interrupt you again, but the division does not matter because they've lost to the Patriots. The Patriots are three games up. Who can forget the division for the Bills not happening in a million years. I, There's no way the Pats are going to lose three games and the Bills are going to win out the up. It's not happening. I'm sorry. But, go ahead. Tony's to was
0: just, uh, uh, Tony tipped his hand a little bit because he wants to rip on the Bills some more today, and I had to reel him in, but it didn't look like Tony wanted to be reeled in. I think that leather strap broke, Tony, and you were you were broke free. So, what I meant was, is that the division or, excuse me, the the, uh, the division matters more um, as in, like the Bills' chances of, uh, of a tiebreaker against one of these other teams, a la Miami. Uh, Miami has a better record against the con- or against the uh, division and in the conference. So that is where that is where uh, I was going with that. Not not any team in the has a shot outside of uh, Tom Brady breaking his leg, Bill Belichick breaking his leg, uh, Robert Kraft breaking his leg. There's there's going to be a lot of broken bones for the for the Bills or the the Dolphins to even whiff a chance at that. So that's what I was more getting at is that the conference record and the, uh, so, so anyway, so yeah, um, Indianapolis uh, four and five, one and two against the AFC South, Tennessee also four and five, also one and two against the AFC South. San Diego 4 and 5, 2 and 3 against the AFC West. Pittsburgh's 4 and 4, 1 and 1 against the AFC North, and Miami is 4 and 4, 2 and 1 against the AFC East. Which one of those teams, if any, do you think has a realistic shot to make it to the playoffs?
1: Uh, well, I don't know if you mentioned them, but when it comes down to comparing teams like this, I always go by quarterback play. So I don't know if you mentioned the Colts, but with Andrew Luck and what he's playing this year, Okay, with the way he's playing this year, I see them unseating the Texans. Uh, I mean, the Texans with Brock Osweiler somehow they're five and three. Which I just said it before, they yep. seem like fools gold to me. I just can't comprehend how they're five and three because they fail the eye test every way imaginable. I mean, when you watch Brock Osweiler Osweiler play, seem like an NFL quarterback. He's not even completing sixty percent of his throws. He has nine touchdowns and nine interceptions on the year through eight games. This is an NFL quarterback. I mean, the rules are designed to help the quarterbacks. The Houston Texans, I believe, are 30th in the NFL in passing, 192.2 yards per game. They can't even throw for 200 yards in the modern-day NFL? Oh, my God, it it blows my mind. And for him to get $72 million, what a joke. But, I mean, the Texans, I I see them getting
0: Go ahead. No, no, go
1: ahead. Yeah, I see the Texans being unseated by the Colts. When it comes down to it, I'll always take the better quarterback when it's in a head-to-head matchup like that. And Andrew Luck is having a great year. My only worry, though, with Luck is that he's already been sacked 33 times this year. And we saw last year with – I think you mentioned it last week, how uh, I think he ruptured his spleen. I worry about that guy taking that many hits and that offensive line just being so – so poor and just letting him take shot after shot. I worry about his long-term health. But if he can stay upright and keep playing at the level he's playing, I mean, he's completing 64% of his throws, 17 touchdowns against seven picks. I and mean, the guy's playing great, but just protect your asset, man. He has, he has the talent to lead that team into the playoffs. If their defense can just get off life support and actually do something, I mean, they've got a good shot to maybe make some noise.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. As I'm looking at some of Andrew Luck's stats, yeah, the 74% completion percentage is really impressive considering the fact he's been sacked a whole bunch of times. The passer rating, 93.9, which is really impressive. The yards per, per, um, per play, uh, 7.4 yards. That's really impressive. Um, Yeah. Andrew Luck is quietly having a great season. And if you consider the personnel around him uh, even more amazing. So Uh, See, my, where I was going to go in that, I just don't think that they have the personnel to really compete, Um, you know, at least well enough to get to the playoffs is is to where like a Marcus Mariota does have the personnel as a quarterback around them to compete. Um, That's why I would say, actually, I think if any team's going to knock off the Houston Texans in that division, it's going to be the Tennessee Titans. And I think so because Marcus Mariota quietly is having a really nice season Um, he has uh, 17 touchdowns against eight interceptions. He has a 94% uh, quarterback rating. He's completing 60, excuse me, 63.2% of his passes. And, and his stats look awfully similar to Andrew Luck with the exception of the sacks. He's only been sacked 12 times this year, which that means the offensive line is doing its job. And another reason the offensive line is showing that it's doing its job is the running game. Derrick Henry looked fantastic in the Jacksonville game. Um, and DeMarco Murray is having a uh, renaissance of, of uh, sort of epic proportion considering where he was at this time last year. And everybody sort of assuming that he was done because of all the touches he got in Dallas, the previous two years of going to the Eagles. So uh, I think also their defense was a good job getting pressure on the quarterback. Brian Arakpo was having a nice year, um, but he slowed down a little bit. They have pieces all over their defense that, that, that look good. I, I think that, I think that if any team is going to knock off the Texans, which isn't going to be that tall of an order, I think it's going to be Tennessee. I think Tennessee's hitting their stride. They can control the line of scrimmage, which is going to be important. They're going to control time and possession, keep their defense off the field, keep them fresh. Um, Two pretty good running backs. Uh, The only thing I really worry about with them is their wide receiving core. I mean, Kendall Wright has never quite lived up to the hype. Um, uh, Tajay Sharp had a, you know, he looked like he was going to be pretty good, but I think he might be a year or two away. I, uh Delaney Walker is a very reliable, reliable tight end, but I really think the key to them is, uh, is the running game. And I really think that's – out of all those teams that I listed, I do think that that's really the only legitimate contender in that group, and I am including Pittsburgh in this because I don't know what Pittsburgh is from week to week. How um, say you on the Steelers? I'm going to let you have a first crack at the Steelers.
1: Well, real quick, to go back to uh, our argument called the yeah, Titans – uh, the next three games, the Colts' uh, schedule lines up pretty well. I mean, they have, what's nice, too, is the Titans and the Colts play each other in a couple of weeks, so that'll clear up things quite a bit as well. But the Colts in the next three, uh, they have a bye this week. Tennessee, Pittsburgh on Thanksgiving, which is a nightcap game, which I'm really excited for, uh, you know, not to verge too far off the topic, but the Thanksgiving Day games look great. You got Detroit, Minnesota. You got Dallas and Washington, you know, two big rivalry games. And then you also have the Colts versus Pittsburgh, which is historically, you know, a great matchup and should be as well this year. And then their third game, they're yep. at the New York Jets. So, I mean, with Luck playing the way he is, that they beat Tennessee, I could see them, you know, launching off three wins in a row, being 7-5, and five and overtaking the Texans. If, you know, if everything goes well. But uh, as far as Pittsburgh, I mean, I love them early in the year. I mean, they did have that hiccup at Philly, which, you know, looking back at it now seems... Very strange, but uh, if Big Ben can come back healthy, and that's a big if, I, I, I can see them taking that division. There's, you know, Baltimore's right there, but I don't think they're – I think Pittsburgh has a better personnel and they're more talented and have bigger weapons, especially the Antonio Brown and Roethlisberger. But the big thing is, is, is Big Ben healthy? It's only been two weeks since he came up knee surgery, a surgery which they initially said would take him up to six to eight weeks to recover, and the guy's back in two. And, you know, we all saw the game last week against Baltimore. They just looked absolutely putrid. I, I, if it wasn't for a couple of garbage scores toward the end, I mean, the Ravens were killing them, 21 nothing. It could have been even worse. But, if, like I said, if they can get their stuff together, I I got to take Pittsburgh in the north.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if they can get their stuff together. I think that defense is just really bad. Um, not that there's really anything to get excited about with the Baltimore Ravens either. I think they're, they're sort of, um, there's just nothing that excites me about the NFC North outside of Terrell Pryor. And even that poor guy is on the friggin' Browns. So that's, that slowly became one of the most boring divisions in football, (laughs) um, out of nowhere. Um man i mean if i'm i mean that that's really a race to the bottom there i think cincinnati in that tie i think is going to end up biting them in the butt kind of hard so uh, i mean I, i would feel good about cincinnati if they didn't have that tie but um yeah i mean as it looks right now i don't know who i uh i like in that division um Man, I don't know if it's Pittsburgh, honestly, I, I, that defense is just embarrassing. And I, I don't know how, like you pointed out, how healthy Rothsberger is. Antonio Brown has been healthy all year. Who knows what's going to happen to Le'Veon Bell. I don't know if he can, you know, stop smoking weed long enough to uh, play uh, even three quarters of a season. So, I mean, I'm not even trying to make a joke there. That just, he just, that seems to be an issue with him. I mean, it's, uh, how many times have he been suspended? And he was suspended, what, for one game last year and got hurt? shortly after. And I think the year before that he got suspended with, uh, when him and LeGarrette Blount were caught in the car, uh, caught in the car smoking weed just blatantly out in public. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, just sort of to put a bow on that. I don't think, man, I, I don't think that even if either of those teams make it to the playoffs, either one of the three from the AFC North, I think they get bounced in the first round by Kansas city or Denver as it sits right now. They, they look like they're pretty much locked in to be the wild card teams. Um, so in the AFC West, it does look like there is going to be three teams represented unless one of these teams just, you know, falls like a poop from heaven. But it definitely looks like that's how it's lining up right now. And um, so let you, let's talk about the AFC West, actually. As, as it stands right now, Kansas City would play Baltimore, at Baltimore, which is embarrassing. Denver would play at Houston or at the winner of the AFC West um, – or excuse me, AFC South, which is also embarrassing. It really should be the other way around because – those two teams are better than any teams in those two divisions, uh, I think, by a mile. And uh, Oakland, obviously, very, very, very impressive win the other night. Um, but uh, I, I know you wanted to talk about that, so I'm going to let you go. What did you see in the Oakland game that makes you think that Oakland is deserving of the two seed or will, would stay at the two seed?
1: Well... I, it, it all comes down to quarterback play for me, man. I think we saw the emergence of a superstar, Derek Carr, in his third year. The guy is the real deal. He has poise behind the pocket. The moment's never too big for him. He's leading his team so well, and he's just—they he's, surround him with weapons, man. From Amari Cooper, who you know has 843 yards this year receiving. He's quietly having an amazing year for a receiver. Michael Crabtree having a career renaissance at wide receiver after it looked like his career was all but done in San Fran. And then you got my boy there, Latavius Murray, out of Autonaga Central High School, a little shout-out to Central New York. But, you know, he came on strong, had three touchdowns in the game the other day, over 100 yards. And much like the Cowboys, the Raiders have a great offensive line. And you protect your quarterback, you establish the running game, You beat the other team in the trenches. I mean, that's how you you can win football games, how you can control the tempo and control the pace of the game. Carr's only been sacked 11 times this year. That's amazing. Through nine games, he's getting sacked maybe once a game. Keep your biggest asset healthy. Keep keep his jersey clean. Keep him off the turf. And the the guy's such a gamer. Guys love playing for that guy. When he does end up taking a big hit, he's the first one to get right back up and jump right back up and get ready to the huddle for the next play. I mean, I love Carr. The guy's playing great. I can't say enough about him. I mean, he didn't do much in that game. He just completed 65% of his throws, no touchdowns, no picks. But I mean, when you got the running game churning the way it was with Murray, you didn't need to. And it's not that they just beat Denver. I mean, they controlled Denver from the onset. They never let them really get back in the game. And this season, Carr's completing 66% of his throws, 17 touchdowns and only three interceptions. I mean, that's, you know, those are Aaron Rodgers-type numbers. The guy's having a great year, and I can't sing his praises enough. I'm, you got to be excited, Raider Nation. Like, your team is, I mean, they're living up to the hype. They're playing great. And, you know, they're one of the few teams that can actually challenge the Pats in the AFC. I, I don't, you know, I think they can put up a fight. I don't think they'll overtake them. But for your decade of futility, this is a step in the right direction.
0: I'm going to disagree with you on one thing that you said. You don't think that the the Oakland can beat New England. Um, I know I would get crap from if we had a whole bunch of listeners. And uh, speaking of which, follow us at Under the Hoodies on Twitter, by the way, and uh, definitely give us crap if you want to follow us at Under the Hoodies. Give us crap. Uh, Tony and I love this stuff. We want to hear from uh, whoever um so uh, at under the hoodies that's the twitter handle for the show please 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 send some tweets if we start getting enough tweets we'll start reading them on the show and start debating with you and uh Cody will if you're a bills fan especially he will pick a fight with you so uh please oh, yeah. follow at under oh, yeah. the hoodies on and, twitter because it'll be a lot of fun and, for both of us but
1: and that's the okay thing too like we're we're just spewing our opinions here but we're we can admit when we're wrong so if you feel differently feel free man take shots at me online. I like, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take the punches. You know, I just, I want to hear from you. Yeah. your feedback. I
0: love it. So what you said about Oakland, not being able to, uh, you know, would probably lose to new England. I, I, I'm, I want to be Mr. Contrarian, but not on skip Bayless level, maybe, uh, maybe about a third of that. So, New England is struggling on defense, right? They're big-time linebackers. They ship one of them out of town to Jamie Collins. We talked about that last week. Dante Hightower is not been playing well. Um, Nikovich hasn't been playing well. Uh, A lot of aspects of their defense hasn't been living up to what they think. I mean, really, the only two players that are producing at a high level on that defense are Devin McCourty, who always does, and uh, Jabal Shears. So, I – I think that Oakland have a really easy time moving the ball in that defense. Now, on the other side of that, in which I'm going to say it before you do, New England would have no problems at all moving the ball on Oakland's defense. So, oh, if that was an AFC championship, we are in for a a, a fun, fun shootout. But, um, but I don't think Oakland is completely out of
1: if they were to make
0: it to, to the AFC championship, and let's not BS with each other here, the new England Patriots will be an AFC championship because as long as Tom Brady has a breath in him, the Patriots are in the AFC championship every year until that guy decides he doesn't want to play for uh play football or play for the Patriots. So as it stands right now, it does look like, um, it does look like based on record and a lot of uh, impressive performances by the Raiders that they would play new England in new England, which would I think wouldn't bode well either for, uh, for Oakland, but man, would that be a fun game? But I do think Oakland is maybe like a year away from making a legitimate run at the Super Bowl. But again, it wouldn't surprise me this year to see him in it uh, just because of the, uh, the New England Patriots uh, defense sort of struggling a little bit. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I do think that all these teams on the outside looking in, um, you know we're gonna rule how Cleveland, Jacksonville, the Jets, and uh, if the Giants beat Cincy on Monday night, we'll rule Cincy out too. Um, Buffalo, I think, are pretenders. Unfortunately, uh, the Colts. Oh man, I would. I wish they had better personnel, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say pretender on them. Tennessee, I think. I don't know about a contender, but I think that they could make the playoffs. San Diego. Oh man, it, just too many close games they've lost. I, I think they might just be an uphill battle in that division. Uh, Pittsburgh now without a healthy Ben Roethlisberger, and I don't think he will be for the rest of the year in Miami. I think that's a very hollow four and four record. Although I like a a lot. I think that, uh, they can do a lot of different things on offense with him. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sold on Baltimore. I'm not sold on Houston. I, you know, I've been beating the Kansas city drum, uh, Harder than anybody this year, but I, I think I think the only three teams, in my opinion, that can come out of the AFC this year is Kansas City and Oakland by a miracle. But let's be honest, New England is you know I would I would bet a, a large sum of money that New England would come out of the AFC this year. Uh, how say you on some of these teams, Tony?
1: Well, I I also agree with you on the Kansas City thing. How I they definitely have a great shot, and every year Kansas City seems to do this. They they get a bunch of wins, and th- at the end of the year, you know, they're 11-5, 12-4, and, and I've said this to you before. I just can never figure out. I'm like, how is this team that good? And I figured it out today. Kansas City leads the league in turnover differential, plus 13. If you don't give the ball away to other teams and you get the ball on a short field, even with a dink and dunk quarterback like Alex Smith, you're going to win games. I mean, it's, it's a great way to play. Don't turn the ball over. Get turnovers. Get a short field. Turn it, convert it into scores. It's the recipe for success. But the cheat, I, I mean, the West is a murderer's row too right now, with the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Broncos—all three tough teams. And going back to your point on the Raiders in San Diego, uh, I, yes, even San yeah, Diego. It's, it's, I San think. Diego's come on as a San Diego's problem. Yeah, they've been hamstrung by injuries left and right. I mean, imagine what that team could be. And Especially now, I mean, Melvin Gordon's not getting enough love for the job he's doing. They're running back. He's having a monster year, just destroying people. But um, yep, the Raiders, my thing with any NFL team is it's much like, and you would know this, Bill, with, with the little one going around the house, you have to learn how to crawl before you can walk, before you can run. You see it with these teams where they start getting all the pieces together. They start improving their record. You know, they learned to crawl last year, the Raiders. Now they are learning to walk. You know, to get into the playoffs, maybe win a game, go up against the Patriots. You know, who most likely, you know, are are going to beat them in the AFC Championship, and then next year they can learn how to run. I like I like you just said. I think Oakland is one year away, but I think they have all the pieces, and it wouldn't shock me if they pull off the upset against New England. I don't think it's likely at all, really. But they, like I said, they do have the pieces, and if they get into a shootout with New England, think about this AFC Championship game. In the snow. The last time the Raiders were good, what, what was it, 2002 or 2001, the, the tuck rule game? You know, the, the Raiders were the, in the yeah. snow. yeah. Yeah, and that was the beginning yep. of the Patriots dynasty, and that was the end of Oakland being revelant. Imagine if we get a rematch of that game in this year's AFC championship, how just – it's almost like the bookends, you know, of two different teams and just – I, I don't know. I'm don't you almost
0: wish that Charles Woodson was playing for the Raiders right now so he could be a part oh, of it? Oh, yeah. I really do. Yes, I really do. And I, he probably I, still could have played.
1: Yeah. I, I feel so happy for Raider Nation. One of my one of my groomsmen, Tommy B., coach of Onondaga Central, huge Raider fan. I cannot be happier for the kid. Like, he's one of those diehard fans that's been there year in and year out when they've been absolutely putrid. And, just the excitement this kid has when I actually text him about Raiders games, and it's not to talk about how they screwed it up or how Janikowski botched a field goal. Like I'm, I'm super happy for the kid. Like the NFL is better when Raider Nation is good. It just is. That fan base is so diehard. They're they're like the Buffalo Bills minus the, um, oh, I want to say the, the organizational oversight. Like. I don't know, they just, they've got all the pieces and they're doing it the right way, and I love watching
0: them. Speaking of a team that's really good, or that that is better when the NFL uh, has them as a good team, is uh, your Dallas Cowboys. Um, oh, so yeah. Transitioning to the a- NFC, Dallas is a one seed right now, um, and a one seed by uh, uh, game and a half, it looks like. Yeah, 7-1 and one in Air, uh, Atlanta, 6-3. and three. So, yeah, a game and a half over Atlanta is the one seed. Um and then uh Seattle's a three also and five, game up and in one. Conference Yeah. Yep, and Minnesota's uh four seed with five uh, five and three. Giants are the most hollow five and three I've ever seen in my life, but as it stands right now they're a five seed and Washington four, three and one is a six seed, but that is a very, very narrow uh narrow margin there because Detroit is nipping at their heels at five and four and uh Washington is that tie away from being uh you know, losing that tie game to being uh, out of the playoffs and Detroit being there in their place. So um, we let's start, you know what, let's do what we did in the last one. So I'm going to skip the following teams. We're not even going to talk about them. We're not going to talk about San Francisco because they're one and seven. We're not going to talk about Chicago because there's no shot in hell. Uh, we're not going to talk about the Rams because they're terrible. We're not going to talk about the bucks because I have not seen much from them. I like, and I'm pretty close to ruling out Arizona and Carolina, but I think we'd be crazy not to talk about them, considering the NFC is outside of Dallas. I think pretty wide open and pretty. I, I don't know if any of these teams I feel great about uh, holding on to their uh, playoff spots as to where they are now. Maybe you could talk to me in Atlanta there, but um, but Dallas is the only team I've watched that I feel comfortable about saying that they are going to make the playoffs. So uh, I'm going to just go through it real quick. Carolina three and five. Uh, Arizona three four and one Philly four and four Green Bay four and four uh, New Orleans four and four Detroit five and four they haven't had their bye yet um, and I just went through the playoff picture Arizona or excuse me Washington four three and one Giants five and three Minnesota five and three um, with a home playoff game uh, Seattle five two and one with a home playoff game Atlantas a two seed Dallas the one seed and seven and one so um, Carolina do you think that they have a crack at the wild card. Do you think they they could uh you know, they could sort of find their way and uh sort of sneak into the playoffs?
1: I honestly don't. I think Carolina, whatever Mojo they had last year, is just completely gone. Cam Newton, I mean the guy all the athletic gifts in the world, but I just don't think he's mentally tough enough. And this I said this last week about um Dak Prescott during the Philly game. Dak's been playing great this year. Everything's great when things are going well. You're on top of the world. But how how do you do when you have some some struggle when there's some strife in your game? You know, the same thing can be said with Cam Newton. Everything's great when you're when you're running up touchdowns left and right, where you're celebrating on the sideline, where you're dabbing against the opponent. But you know, now there's a little turmoil. There's a little angst, and things aren't so good. And Justifiably so, he complained about getting no calls from the late hits of the referees. That I get. But it just doesn't seem like his head and his heart are in the game. He just doesn't seem 100% focused. And to say that about your quarterback, the most, you know, the general on the field, that worries me a ton. I just, I, I don't see Carolina pulling it off. And I see I, they might have to make some major changes. I don't know if that means letting, letting Ron Rivera go or, you know, some personnel changes, but, you know, I I just don't see it out of that team. Their, their defense is putrid. They can't run the ball, and Cam Newton is looked pedestrian this year. Um, I can't disagree with any of that. To be a hundred percent honest with you, I uh,
0: I I think I just don't think they're they're that good this year. Uh, for whatever reason, I think they'll probably make a couple moves in the off season, and I think as long as you have Cam Newton. I think you will continue to have shots at uh deep playoff runs, but as of right now I would I would consider them uh not necessarily dead and gone, but I definitely think they're uh they're on life support. So Arizona, we don't have to dive deep into them, but I, I don't think that uh, I am I'm kind of out on Arizona. I think I think Seattle's the better team. Um that that weird they, that Monday night game was really weird. I just don't trust the they quarterback. They really shot. just don't. Yeah,
1: Arizona's last shot was that game with Seattle. Getting that tie, they had to win that game, I think. I think that would have just made yep. their year, I... and that tie just demoralized them.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Philly, now, here's where Philly has an uphill battle. They're 4-4. Four and four. They're not completely out of it. They're 0-3 against the NFC East so far. That's uh, not good. Um, I'm not sure that this year they are – they're quite ready to make a run I, I like I like a lot of pieces on their team they looked they were really impressive early on the coach made some weird weird choices uh, in the Giants game going for it on consecutive or going for it on fourth down deep in Giants territory when they could have kicked field goal and taken the points and possibly won the game because I believe the score is 28 23 and um, Philly was you know they obviously that would have made them uh, up by one point. And uh, Eli made a couple weird reads. Um, the Connor Barwin play was amazing. That dude just, no matter what, he, no matter what the Giants are doing, that guy just singles me out and just makes me feel terrible about liking the Giants when they play the Eagles, or even feeling remotely good about anything the Giants do. Because Connor Barwin, much like what he did to the ball that he, that was tipped in Eli, uh, or that was picked off he just bitch slaps me out of the air. Like every time I get high on the Giants and the Eagles game, that guy, I love a big Connor Barwin guy. I, I think that, uh, that guy is special, but you know, Philly, I'm not, uh, like I said, not a hundred percent sold on quite yet. They do scare me in the future, but as of right now, I think it's okay. Um, I know you sort of want to touch on green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. I have some numbers, some Aaron Rodgers numbers for you. I am pulling them up okay. as we speak. And, um, Aaron Rodgers, Okay. Typical Aaron Rodgers year, right? He's played he's played uh, eight games. So so sixty three and a half percent completion percentage, uh two thousand yards, a little over two thousand yards, twenty touchdowns, five interceptions. Been sacked seventeen times. Um what a weird thing is oh, excuse me. He hasn't fumbled the ball all year. He hasn't he hasn't turned he's only turned the ball over five times. So But he's not been as mobile as he's been in recent years, which is kind of interesting because Aaron Rodgers does a very, very good job of scrambling around and improvising on plays that maybe he even should. Now, another thing I heard about Aaron Rodgers is I can't I could not for the life of me find the numbers beforehand, but I heard this the other day that. Uh, Mike McCarthy calls the first down plays and the second down plays. Aaron Rodgers is responsible for third down plays. His numbers on third down are so much so much they're significantly better than the than the first two down plays. So I do wonder if these I'm throwing hard air quotes out there. Aaron Rodgers struggles which, you know, 20, 20 touchdowns and five interceptions at 63 and a half percent completion percentages, apparently some kind of struggling season. Um But I think that could be a lot of their problem uh, is Mike McCarthy, not Aaron Rodgers. I think we're – by we, I mean just media in general, not that we qualify as being actual media, but for for this conversation we will. We're all just way too hard on the guy. He's throwing to guys that aren't that open.
1: Throwing very well.
0: And with no running game. They've had a running game. Some of them have a running game. Their best running back right now is a wide receiver named Ty Montgomery who has sickle cell or something. Like, that guy, that's crazy to me. The defense is not good at all. Ha Clinton-Dixon is the only playmaker they have on defense. And is there a more overrated superstar in the NFL, maybe in the NFL's history, than Clay Matthews? I mean, that guy hasn't done anything remotely resembling his first two years in the league since his first two years in the league. Uh, so – I don't know. I think that that team has a lot of issues, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers is it. And without Aaron Rodgers, those that, those four wins, they're probably down with the Niners. In all honesty, they're they're the Colts of the NFC. I think right now, and no one wants to say it, but that's that's truly the case. Um, am I off here, or what do you think?
1: No, it, I think it is funny too. How mediocre quarterbacks will make all the excuses in the world for them. But with our elite guys like Brady, Rodgers, Breeze, you know, and Manning before he retired, if they're not just – if they're not having an excellent game, we question what's wrong with them, what's off about them. Like you just said, Rodgers has 20 touchdowns but five interceptions. I mean, yeah, by the numbers, he's yeah. had a great year. Like, it, it's amazing to me just how hypercritical we could be of these amazing talents when they're just a little bit off their game. I mean, Roger's Weird. Still a Great quarterback. He makes these amazing throws through the tightest of windows. I do think though, his mobility has gone down a little bit and maybe hurting him a bit because I, I seem to remember some numbers that his, you know, his throws when he's out of the pocket or some of the, you know, he's number one in the league. Like he's, he's at his best when he's scrambling around and just kind of ad living things. And I think there could be something the whole McCarthy calling the first and second down plays. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's strange, but uh, yeah, I can agree with that. How the Packers with their personnel is starting to look like the Colts of the NFC. I mean, get the guy a running game for God's sakes. Get get him something in there. I mean, Ty Montgomery. I mean, talented guy, but if that's your leading rusher. Like, uh, oh boy, that's, yeah, it's a little rough. So I'm gonna skip over New Orleans,
0: and we're just gonna stay in the NFC North for a little bit and talk about Detroit and Minnesota. Um, now, in your opinion, uh, out of Green Bay, Detroit, Minnesota, who is the actual contender for the playoffs in that spot? Assuming only one of them would make it,
1: uh, I'm going to put I'm going to put myself on a limb here. I'm going all in on Detroit. I'm putting all the chips over to the Lions. I love the way Stafford's been playing this year. Every single game they played, in i I've been this oh, no, Excuse me, been decided by a one score or less. The guy has led five game-winning touchdown drives. They have every entered single, the fourth quarter.
0: Uh, yes. Every single win that they have this year was a, a late fourth quarter comeback by Matt Stafford. All five yes. of their
1: wins. Isn't that amazing? The, the guy's, a, guy's a gamer, man. I, I love the way he plays. He's, You know, we're not talking about him enough. I think he's he's getting the upper echelon. He's becoming one of the NFL's elite, and I, I love it. I you know, good on Detroit. If they get their running game going a little bit, defense approves of it, just get behind Stafford, man. I mean, just ride the guy. In The next three games, you got Jacksonville. That's a win. Minnesota, the way Minnesota's been playing, that's a W, man. A division win on top of it. At New Orleans, and, yes, tough place to play, but Detroit is the better team. Then after that, they got Chicago. I mean, you know rattle off four wins in a row before you know it Detroit could be nine and four at the very least eight and five they're they're right in the thick of it and with Minnesota just apparently nose diving because like I said they have no offensive line no running game and they cannot protect Sam Bradford was made out of paper mache the guy's gonna get hurt he's not gonna last and Green Bay just can't seem to pull it together getting beat at home by Indy and uh, what what happened to Lambeau Field I mean yeah, Dallas won there. Dallas is a good team, the best in the NFC. But the mystique and Lambeau Field is just gone now. you got Indianapolis going in there winning. Dallas goes in there and wins. I, I mean, what's next? Is Chicago going to go in there and win? I mean, come on. No, I
0: agree with you. It wouldn't surprise me if Chicago went in there and won. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just to give you some numbers on Stafford, 18 touchdowns, five interceptions. Sixty-seven percent of completion percentage, twenty-three uh, hundred yards. Um, he's been sacked twenty times, so you know, still has a little bit That's of key, tendency to hold onto the ball. Yeah, he's only getting but, I mean, sacked about to twice hold the a ball. game. Yeah, I mean, it's not terrible because they have played nine games. Their bye weeks really late this year, but um, but no, it's it's you know another exciting thing about Detroit is that we get them on Thanksgiving. It's actually I'm pumped to watch Detroit. For the first time in a while, I was just like, wow, all Calvin Johnson. Yeah, but, and that's the other thing I was going to bring up. Calvin Johnson, everyone thought, and in, I'm in this group, I thought he was, I thought he was, a lot of his success depended on Calvin Johnson. And he's really proven me wrong. I thought the Detroit Lions did a great job. And I'm saying the Detroit Lions just to remind everybody that we're talking about a smart personnel move made by the Detroit Lions to go out and get a Marvin Jones from Cincinnati. And, and look at him, he's having a great season. Golden Tate is benefiting from that. Uh, they could use a running game a little bit. The running game could use some improvement. Theo Riddick is not a traditional running back. He's more of a you know who you're Shane missing. Vereen. Uh, uh, Justin Forsett there now, um, and and uh, the guy, and, uh, of the guy you're walked. not
1: mentioning that they acquired. Anquan oh, you Bolden. mean the
0: man of all men? Yeah, I was gonna say I, I was gonna get a to great, him. The man, the man the great of all men. Yeah.
1: Great blocker. Great yeah. team player. The the guy. Yeah, uh, I, I love the way that guy plays. Hard, physical. I think he's. I'm pretty sure he's leading them in touchdown catches with five this year. And a father time. There, I think man. you're I think right. He's a gamer. He's a gamer, and I love Akwon Bolden in the locker room. I think
0: he brings a uh, sort of winning pedigree to them. He's he's won a Super Bowl. He's you know he's been on a lot of successful teams, and I I just think that. He, his presence is going to be very, very good for the Golden Tates. And I think even maybe a guy like Eric Ebron, who is just a ball of talent, who is taken above Odell Beckham. And he's, you know, I think he's going to keep progressing. He's never going to be his draft position, but I think he's going to keep progressing and turn himself into a uh, a nice Delaney Walker type uh, tight end. Um, so yeah, but I like and Detroit defensively. I like their personnel there. Like I said before, they have elite talent when healthy. Between Dandre Levy, Ziggy Ansah, and Darius Slay, they have elite talent at each level of their defense when they're fully healthy. And I, I think that's something a lot of teams can't say. Uh, Green Bay can't say it. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams. In New Orleans can't say it. So I don't know. I think I think you're right. I'm I'm pulling for Detroit to come out of that division and get to the playoffs and make a nice run. Um and, and if this if there was any year to do it, this is the year with the NFC being down. So uh yeah, I, I really hope that happens. But um but yeah, uh, so you and I, the co on Detroit here, I'm I'm with you 100%. So
1: yeah, let's go to the I put all my chips oh, on ahead. them in, in typical Detroit fashion. They'll probably just crap out at the end and you know, torture their fan base some more. But, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I got a feeling about Stafford, weighing, the way he's been playing the last year plus. I The guy is becoming an elite quarterback. I got to give him credit. I'm all in on the Stafford train. Yep, me
0: too. I, I, I like Stafford a lot. He's uh, still big, strong, can move around. He's He can do some things. And uh, remember his, the stigma with him, 2009, 2010, he was a China doll. He hasn't missed a game since the beginning of 2011. So I think both of those were flukes. Uh, so good, him for whatever he did, he's he's done well since. So I'm uh, I'm I'm with you on Detroit here. All right. So we're gonna talk about New Orleans. New Orleans is four and four. They're one and one in the, against the NFC South. Um, so they are uh, one game back in for making the playoffs. Uh, well, I guess half game back from. This site doesn't really show me. But, uh, whatever, half game back from uh, getting into the play, getting into a wild card spot. Any chance they catch Atlanta, you think, New Orleans?
1: Hmm. I, sort I of think
0: so, need to talk about both teams.
1: Yeah, the way Matt Ryan's been playing this year and Julio been playing out of their mind, that offense, the running game. Uh, yeah. I, I, besides Drew Brees, I just don't think the Saints have the pieces. I think they just seem to come off with big wins at home because it, unlike most places in the NFL, New Orleans is one of, still one of the toughest places to play. They actually still have a home field advantage there. But, I mean, Brees can chuck it for 400 yards seemingly whenever he wants. But besides that, I just I don't think they have the pieces. I think Atlanta has more talent overall. I think if it gets into a shootout, Atlanta is one of those teams that can keep up with New Orleans too.
0: Let's just do a let's just do everybody a solid and just keep a little praise on uh on the the greater breeze, 'cause there's not gonna be another quarterback quite like this guy. Six foot no. tall, two hundred and nine pounds, right? He's thirty seven years old. He turns thirty eight in January. Listen to what this guy's doing this year as an old man throwing to a bunch of inexperienced young wide receivers with a running game that decides to show up when they're playing me in fantasy. So that's done F all year. So He's just under seventy percent completion percentage, right? Up up there in the top five in, le- in the league in attempts, uh, passing attempts. So almost seventy percent of his passes he's completing. Twenty seven hundred yards, twenty one touchdowns, five interceptions. That's a one point four percent interception percentage. Um, only been sacked twelve times this year, and has forty plays or six plays. Or six, God, I can talk today. Six completion of forty plus yards, thirty-four of, uh, uh, God, thirty-four completions over twenty yards. Think I'm having a stroke today, and one hundred six point seven rating. That's his best passer rating outside of the year he won the Super Bowl in two thousand and uh, where are we at? Twelve, um, excuse me, two thousand thirteen. Which he, it's just kind of amazing what he's doing. The guy is just a ball of production, like. He just that's all he does he just produces, and it's sad that this quarterback can't have a better team around him because man, with the way the roster looks now, especially on the defensive side, they just don't deserve a classic quarterback like this guy, and um. It sucks because I agree with you. I don't think the Saints are going to be able to keep pace with Atlanta. I think Atlanta is a little more balanced on defense. They're not. They're not overly talented on on, uh, on defense. They're not quite the Denver Broncos on defense, of Atlanta, but they're a damn sight better than uh, St. Louis, or excuse me, than um, the New Orleans. So uh, I agree with you. I don't think they can catch them in the division. I'd be really surprised to see them make the wild card as well.
1: Well, and it's amazing too that threes – yeah, he'll chuck it for 400 plus yards, and we barely talk about it. It's like, uh, oh, hum, another typical Drew Brees game, for, for 400 yards, three or four touchdowns. You know, whereas if Rodgers or Brady or Rivers does it, it's on the ESPN ticker, and you're getting text updates about it, and it's the leading story of sports center. The guy just produces these gaudy numbers every year. I, mean, I still think back to when he was in San Diego and. You know, and that uh, it was either the end of the regular season or a playoff game where, you know, he tore his shoulder to pieces, and we thought, oh, that's the end of Breeze. Yep. Like, it seems like a whole different lifetime where he played in San Diego. And just think of how different the is organizations would be if he doesn't go to New Orleans, he goes to Miami instead of Culpepper. Think where Miami's at right now. Like, I, I it's think so. I, I think a how lot things of that work. Is-
0: I think a lot of that has to do with Sean Payton. I think that's sort of one of those mesh. Match- not saying Drew Brees is a system quarterback, because Drew Brees had some moments in San Diego um, under Marty Schottenheimer. And, um, you know, he – everyone forgets, too, that Phil Rivers sat behind um, Drew Brees for two years before he actually played. Phil Rivers did not poo straight seasons after being drafted. That's unheard of, especially for a high first-round pick like Phil Rivers was. Um so yeah, I, I think it's just I think Sean Payton and Drew Brees were just a match made in heaven though. Uh and that dome definitely helps a lot. I think I think there are definitely some other factors, but all that aside, I mean, Drew Brees is one of the five of quarterbacks of my lifetime. Um I'll argue that to my depth. He definitely he, he has one Super Bowl and uh that, that super bowl run they were incredible that year. So um yeah, but again, like I agree with you, and we're going to transition here into Atlanta and then Matt Ryan's MVP case, um, but I, I just don't think they're going to catch Atlanta. I think Atlanta's a little bit more balanced on offense, and I think their defense is better. Um, so barring any kind of catastrophic injury to Atlanta, I think that – or excuse me, to Matt Ryan or, or Julio Jones, I think Atlanta is going to run away with that division and definitely uh, sort of uh, stay in that two- to three-seed range. So Matt Ryan right now. Um, oh, real quick, I got a quick point for you. Go ahead,
1: sorry. Uh, I just thought it was funny that you brought up uh, Philip Rivers being Drew Brees' understudy. Just think about the parallel lives that they lead. You just have these elite quarterbacks playing for teams where they just don't put pieces around them. I just feel like it's sad to see both guys' careers <laughs> being wasted, where you don't put a team around them. You don't put the pieces to succeed. You're, you're talking about a couple of guys that could just – they can be like Tom Brady and Wigland building dynasties for their teams. If they just had the right oversight, the right GM to put those pieces around them. It's, it's frustrating for me to watch. Sorry to interrupt you there.
0: No, 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 go ahead. That's no, that's a great point. It is, um, and uh, Atlanta is a team that has done a good job. Tom Dimitrioff just got a, uh, Thomas Dimitrioff just got a contract extension in their general manager, I think another three years. Um, he had a couple of rough patches there, but, he him he sort of figured it out. They fired Mike Smith. They brought in uh uh Dan Quinn from Seattle, um, defensive minded head coach. Um, Kyle Shanahan is their offensive coordinator and um and Matt Ryan's really taken off this year after uh after the second year in their system. So so sixty nine percent completion percentage, twenty nine hundred yards passing through eight games, uh excuse me, nine games they haven't had their bye yet um 23 touchdowns four interceptions that's a huge number the only concerning number i see is the uh, the 22 sacks shows me he's holding on to the ball a little too long he's been sacked in every game he's played um there's only one game where he was sacked less than less than twice and that is against oakland in week two um but that being said uh he's having a phenomenal year uh the best of his career um, it does help when you're throwing a Julio Jones, and your running game has a uh, couple good, couple good uh, dynamic players in uh, uh, Devontae Freeman and uh, Tevin Coleman. I'm drawing a blank on the third guy that they have that's been uh, that's been really good for them. So Atlanta, yeah, I think that they are going to run away with the NFC South, and I do think that they're uh, not quite locked in as a two seed. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if uh, Seattle were to get to that two seed, but as of right now, I definitely like Atlanta over Seattle, even though they did, you know, Atlanta lost head-to-head on one of the most egregious calls I've seen in a while, uh, or nine calls, I should say. Um, Richard Sherman sees I have a couple of those this year. Um, but, yeah, I, I really think yeah. Atlanta is sort of the class of uh, that, that division. Um, so, uh, yeah, but do you think you think Atlanta is real, right? You're, you're, you're with them, uh, you know, possibly challenging Dallas and uh, maybe one of these other teams that will catch fire and go deep into the playoffs as a uh, the Super Bowl representative of the NFC. I
1: I don't know about going deep in the playoffs. Atlanta, for whatever reason, Matty Ice always worries me come playoff time. And the last time they got a home playoff game, you know, pretty sure they were embarrassed. Um, it's funny you mentioned that Atlanta-Seattle game too, though, because I didn't fully realize until now. Seattle, as of now, is the three seed. They're nipping on the heels of Atlanta. And they had that victory over Atlanta, that had that, that victory on that, that no call. Like, that that could end up being huge down the road. That, on top of Seattle's tie with Arizona, which just throws a monkey wrench into the standings. But, yeah, can you imagine if it comes down to the, you know, final game of the year and Seattle's half a game up on Atlanta because of that one victory and that no, you know, that non-call for pass interference with Richard Sherman and Julio Jones. You know, that moment could be huge. Especially, too, I mean, Last thing any team in the NFC wants is for Seattle to get a home playoff game, especially if they get, you know, first round (laughs) in a home playoff game. It's a nightmare to play in Seattle. I mean, it just is. It's it's loud. It's annoying. The weather sucks. It's just one of those places you don't want to play. And I'd be terrified. As a Dallas fan, I'm terrified if Seattle gets on a roll and we start slumping. Like I, the last thing I want to do is, you know, possibly get the NFC championship game and have to go to Seattle. I think we have the weapons to beat them. I just – I don't want to test that theory. I No team wants to go to Seattle. They just don't. It's a long trip, one of the longest trips in the NFL. Like I said, the weather sucks. The stadium is loud and annoying, which is a nightmare for an offense. So, uh, Atlanta for the regular season, I think they'll win the South hands down. I just don't see any team challenging them. I just – I – don't know come playoff time. It's one of those things where they have to prove it to me until they do. I'm just going to be skeptical of them.
0: I agree with you. Um, I think you were making some legitimate points there, um, but I just think the NFC is just so wide open. Uh, and this is going to segue nicely into uh, your team, but I think that they're just so wide open. The NFC is so wide open that uh, it wouldn't surprise me if any of these teams that still had a shot, would be you know, would be completely just out of it, you know? So that but that's yeah. me. Um but I, I don't know. I, I think um sorry, I was like trying to pull something up. So but I, I honestly think, I mean if I'm a betting man and I'm not doing this to jinx the Cowboys, I promise I'm not if the Giants <laughs> were playing like the Cowboys I would be saying I would feel great about their chances this year in uh, in the playoffs in the NFC but I really, man, Dallas is just – they're just solid. They just they just put their head down. They, they're efficient. They lead the league in uh, plays over 10 – um, sorry, drives in over 10 plays. I want to say they're third in the league in third down conversions and first in the league in fourth down conversions. They control uh, – I think they're in the top five. I, I wish I would have had time to pull up all these stats, but I, I, I read up on this in Dallas a couple days ago. Uh, They are first in the league in time of possession, which means they're keeping their defense off the field. They're not exposing themselves defensively um, because they do have some holes on defense. Although Sean Lee is playing out of his skull right now and could be making a case for Defensive Player of the Year. I don't think you'll get it, but I mean, that's definitely a head that belongs in that ring. I think they're getting a little bit of a push um, from their front four, which is nice. And on offense, I mean, really, I mean, if, if we're being honest, and we're picking an, NFL, uh, an MVP, if I could give it to a unit, I would give it to the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. I mean, that offensive line is just yeah. manhandles people and keeps Dak upright, keeps his pocket clean. Uh, gives Ezekiel, you know, I mean, there's you could you could you can drive Toyota Tacomas through some of the holes that they create for him, and he is very good. But he's not half as productive as he is without that offensive line. I mean, that offensive line is special. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, that's some of got
1: those. Mid nineties, the Giants line. game. His first game in the NFL. Yes. You have to let the line set up the blocks for you in that Giants yes. game. He was so quick to just use his speed to try to run through the hole. He didn't let the hole develop for him. Let your Let your because the hole was there. there. yeah. yeah. Because the holes he were there. Just, if you he remember too quickly, Alfred Morris
0: was hitting them. Yeah, Alfred Morris was torching the Giants. I thought it was a mistake not to keep him in. They should have won that game. I mean, Dallas should be 8-0 if they kept Alfred Morris in. Yeah. I thought for sure he was freaking me out in that game because he was just – every time he touched a ball, it was 8 yards, 11 yards, 7 yards, 12 yards. It was it was ridiculous. So
1: um, It's almost one Dallas, of those things, I mean, though, uh, where the loss benefits them long term. Because I, I can guarantee you, the you know the offensive coaching staff sat down with Zeke, showed him the game film. Like, look, you're not waiting for your blocks to develop. And the NFL, different. You can't just outrun everyone. You have you know you have to let your offensive line set it up for you. Watch that game film, man. I mean, he's taken off since then, leading the league in rushing. Yep, and
0: I think Dallas also.
1: They ran into a classic
0: trap game against Cleveland, and instead of allowing it to affect them, they just bitch slapped Cleveland up and down the field, and, and as well they should have. Yep. Um, they they went out there and handled business like like true professionals. Like, they're the New England Patriots. I absolutely exactly. love everything they is doing. Yep, exactly Jason Garrett, New England does. I think. They,
1: just, they step yeah. on the throat of weaker teams like the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't
0: help yourself. Um, but, yeah, man. Uh, so I'm going to ask you. I can't answer this without being biased, but are the Giants legitimate play? Uh, are the Giants a legitimate playoff team, or are they just in a weird down conference season? You know, excelling. Uh, I would say excelling uh,
1: at five and three. Um, it's so hard to tell. I I think they're there. I think they have the pieces of that wide receiving core. I mean. I'll give him all the credit in the world. Like Odell Beckham, as much as I can criticize him for, you know, his antics at times, the guy's, you know, all pro, otherworldly type talent. The guy's amazing. Eli, consummate professional. You know, the guy's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. I'll give him all the credit in the world. Even if he has dirt face, the guy's an amazing quarterback. Super Bowl winner. Game's (laughs) on the line. You can do much Uh, worse than Eli. So I'll give him that. And, uh they just gotta get their running game going, and you know, much like the Cowboys too, get a get a pass rush going. And uh, you know, your yeah. boy there, Landon Collins in the secondary, he's having an amazing year. They, have, I think they have a really good secondary. It's just they need they need that pass rush to take some of the pressure off of them. You know, get a little pressure yeah. up front. It's 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 with you know the most successful teams, elite quarterback. Protect your quarterback with a good offensive line and get to the other team's quarterback. That's the recipe for success. That's the the recipe the Giants built their last two Super Bowls on. Good quarterback play. Protect your quarterback. Get to the other team's quarterback. Three phases of the game you have to do to be an elite team. And, like I said, they wrote the blueprint for that formula. They just – they've got two of the three. Just get the other piece going.
0: Um. I agreed. I liked your optimism. I thought you were very fair with the Giants just then. But, uh, man, I- I'm not sure 100% their margin of victory. But it can't be. Oh, well, I'm just going to count it real quick. So, four. They're, I'm only counting the victories. Their margin of victories, total margin of victory. One, three, uh, so four, eight, um, 15, and 20. So, in their five wins, they won by an average of four points. Um, so they've won by 20, they lost by 14. So they're about even as far as their their um, point differential. The other thing that they're not doing is unfortunately, if Landon Collins didn't exist on this defense, I don't know what their record would be. Um, he leads the team in tackle sacks and interceptions. He's been he he's the only safety in the league grading in, in the top three in both uh, pass defense and run defense. Um, he's having a special season, all right, and it's only his second season in the league. He's He was traditionally – he's he's brought in as a, um, you know, almost uh, a foregone conclusion that he was a box safety, a um, a guy like um, – oh, I'm drawing a blank on the dude from uh, Jacksonville. He's just, he's just an in-the-box safety. He's essentially like a roving linebacker that plays back a couple extra yards, right, but he's been incredible in pass defense this year. So I, I do worry if the Giants' defense uh, especially is relying a little bit too much on him um, and and not enough emphasis being put on the pass rush. I mean, it's a very expensive defensive line that they're really not utilizing. Um, their linebackers have not been good in years, and the secondary, although they're doing a great job holding up against receivers – um when the quarterback that's throwing to the receivers they're covering has all day to throw and they have all day to get open because the defensive line isn't putting enough pressure on the team um uh that being said i think eli you know he's made he's made he makes eli's throws he'll do that all the time uh the Connor barwin interception i don't really fault him for really the most egregious interception i've seen throw was in the ravens game um but I think I think he's done a fine job protecting the ball this year. Uh, I just I thought we I thought the Giants would be a little bit more productive on offense this year, and I, I don't think they know what they are yet. I don't think they're playing to their potential yet. Um, so looking at their schedule, their schedule is relatively easy going forward. Uh, they they finish with Washington and Philadelphia, and I think they're going to be battling those two teams for wild card spots. Um, but they yeah. do have uh, – they have to win They have to win their winnable games. They have to do exactly what Dallas is doing. Is just beating the teams that they're better than. And the Giants, I'm not 100% confident, can do that. Um, and also not a fan of some of Ben McAdoo's play calling. I've just never seen a team in more second-and-long situations, and third-and-sevens are, are worse. You know, I, I, They're not doing a good job playing the field possession game. And oh, the one thing that you or I haven't brought up yet, which is amazing, is they're – absolute just lack of a running game they have nothing in the running game and that is very worrisome although if they were to make a uh, i think they there's still an opportunity they can get marine back by the end of the year which is incredible if we can get him back to the playoffs then i, I am thrilled but I'm not overly confident that the Giants can hang on to a wild card spot. And if they were to get it, if they would be able to make a lot of noise in the NFC uh, this year, I think that Seattle's a better team. Minnesota has proved that they're a better team, although they're falling right now. And I'd be curious to see how the Giants are doing against them now. Um, but Minnesota's I think tough. Minnesota's if, a better team. If
1: they're at home. Yeah. Like that's, yes. that's a place I don't want to play. It's, I, I honestly worry about the Cowboys when they go there in December for that Thursday night game. It just... The way they designed that place and those fans are just so loud. It's it, it's yeah. definitely intimidating, much like Seattle. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And the Giants also. I'm going to just
0: finish Giants here, and I think the Giants they play they play uh, Dallas again soon. Um, yes. So December 11th. I, I don't think. know. I'm, yep, they play a down Pittsburgh team that that could be a that could be a weird game. They play Cleveland. They should roll Cleveland, but again, I'm not holding my breath. The Cleveland can't hey, go the in Um
1: it, It's all in front of them. I mean, beat Cincinnati Monday night. You should beat Cincinnati at home. Like, if you want to be a playoff team, prove it.
0: Yep. I mean, by the time next week, we should talk about them being 6-3. and three. I, I, I'm, yeah. If they lose Cincinnati, I'm almost willing to rule them out because I don't think they deserve to be in the playoffs. Cincinnati, okay, not special. Nothing special about them outside of A.J. Green. But, um, yeah, and uh, Geno Atkins. Those are really they have two elite talents on that team, Geno Atkins and AJ Green. And you should do a decent job neutralizing them with a smart coaching staff and the personnel that the Giants have. I love that smart coaching staff, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I that's just a hollow five and three to me. I hope it. Uh, you know, I I hope I'm wrong. I I'm, I really am hoping I'm wrong, but um, but yeah, man. I I mean, if I'm picking a team to come out of the NFC, I don't even think it's a question. I think it's Dallas. I just think that the Cowboys and, and what happens if Dak goes down? Oh, you bring in the best player in your franchise's history, probably. Um, at least in my opinion. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I don't I think other than Emmitt Smith, I think, I think Tony Romo is your best, your second best player on offense in your, in your team's history. And that's a story history, but that's just my opinion. Um, I, I like Aikman. I like Irvin just fine, but I think Tony Romo is a special type quarterback and when healthy, he's a, a, a top quarterback that doesn't make a lot of mistakes and does come up in big moments. Although people don't agree with that. I think they're high. Uh, so I think they're in a great yeah. position right now. Um, I really think the only thing that scares me about them is can I just hope Deza doesn't implode that, that locker room. I just really hope he doesn't. Cause that's really the only way that you guys, at least that yeah, uh, I so see right now that they can fail, but go on about so day. far. I'm, I'm going to let you talk. Sorry.
1: Yeah. No, so far, Desmond has been has been great, though. He's come out and said, you know, they – it's almost like – and this is what kills me about the media at times, is how they just try to goad people into, like, creating drama or to get a story. And if there's ever a franchise you want to goad into creating drama, it would be the Dallas Cowboys. I will admit that. You know, the media's asking them, like, oh, your numbers haven't been all that great, or, you know, you're not doing all that well, you're not getting as many touches as you normally do with Dak under center. Do you miss Tony Romo And you know, Dez has just come out and said, like, hey, we're winning. Like, all that really matters. Like, i, I it's almost it, – it's like the whole team atmosphere with these young kids, with, with Dak and with Zeke. It's becoming infectious. And you have great character guys in that locker room, too, like Jason Witten, where they're just – you get a good, optimistic, you know, view in the workplace like that with your team. And it just – it seems to catch like wildfire. And it's even catching out with Dez. So I, I I feel great about it right now. And you know, worst-case scenario, if Dak does go down for some reason or struggles or he has to be benched, like you said, bring in Romo. I mean, when healthy, he's an amazing quarterback. He has great numbers. He's one of the game's elite. And much like uh, Denver last year, you know, where they had to go between Osweiler and Peyton Manning. Like, it, it's worked before. We just saw it last year where a team can win with two quarterbacks. And, you know, given the right scenario, which – You know, Dallas has all the pieces. And I honestly think they pose the best threat to New England. If it comes down to that New England-Dallas Super Bowl, I think New England's favored. But I think Dallas has the best shot to beat them. I think they'll pull out uh, the the strategy that the Giants used back in, uh, you know, 1990, 91 against the Bills. The Bills had that high-powered, you know, K-Gun offense with Jim Kelly chucking the ball over the yard, let's go quick, 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 quick. Yeah, you know, Giants come out, run the ball, limit the, you know, dominate time of possession, limit it, or uh, limit the number of possessions that the high-powered Bills offense gets, and they end up winning the game. You know, also too, let's throw in a little fact, a little wide right field goal by Scott Norwood. But you know, I'm not one to troll Bills fans, so. No, not you. So, you know what's funny is the Giants won
0: in their history, they won four Super Bowls. They won three of the four Super Bowls doing exactly what you just described. It's so funny. Uh, It never really occurred to me until just now. Um, The 2011 one, they tried to do that a little bit. But yeah, that 2007 one, man, it's similar to how Trump won the election. The Giants just take one time them to death, and that's that's yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what they've done for three of the four Super Bowls. I think that's interesting. That's a good point. I didn't think about my um,
1: my favorite philosophy. The, the wrestling manager and you know former head of Extreme Championship Wrestling Paul Heyman has said it for years: accentuate the positives and hide the negatives. You know, if you're going up against a high-powered offense, why why would you want to get in a shootout with them? Limit it. You know that. Their strength. Don't play to their strength. Use their strength to get them. Limit their strength. Run the ball. Control the clock. Keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. Just it doesn't yeah. make sense to give him, you know, ten, eleven possessions where he can just you know show a touchdown down your throat every time. And like I said, the, the Giants yep. did it to perfection in Super Bowl twenty-five against Jim Kelly and the Bills. It's it it's proven time and again that it works, and they did it again against the Patriots and, the, and you know those other two Super Bowls. It's it, the smart philosophy
0: use it yep and uh you know what and i'll i'll also give jerry jones credit for sticking by jason garrett i i just didn't think this jason garrett had this type of season in him and uh i, I don't know what the hell happened to him in the offseason i actually kind of want him tested for something because he he took like that limitless pill from uh, that bradley cooper movie or something but I, he's just he's a completely different coach this year and um, yeah. like I said, it to me every aspect of Dallas's success leads back to that offensive line. I just think that offensive line is so impressive, yep. and I, again, the, the great unit, the best unit in football. I think I I, I think that Dallas you know, is building their well, team the right way, to, and I think
1: you could trace that all back to Stephen Jones taking over the general manager duties from his father, the crazy old man Jerry. You know they they that offensive line is homegrown. They drafted all of those talents in you know over the last you know four or five yep. drafts. Like it's it's smart. And it's the I, way to go. I I thought the Zach Martin pick
0: in in the draft that he was taking, I want to say he was taken in the Odell Beckham draft was the smartest pick in that draft outside of Aaron Donald. Um, yeah. I thought. I mean, other other than Aaron Donald, I thought that Zach Martin pick he's the most versatile lineman in the league. He He's an elite left tackle. He's an elite right tackle. He can kick inside and play guard. Like he's just, he, he, can,
1: pull. he can pull like that guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's just so versatile. Oh, we have a guy hurt. We're going to bring Lyle Collins in to play right tackle. And uh, yeah. you're going to kick Let's inside steal. and you're just going to go ahead and dominate. Yeah. Zach Martin is, I mean, he's out of, he was out of Notre Dame. And I, I thought, When when they took him, I'm like Dallas is really, really smart because they. It's so funny how badly they wanted to take Johnny Manziel. God, that's why. Yeah, Jerry. Uh, Jerry doesn't. Oh God, Jerry would. I've always said that Jerry would fire himself if he was his own boss. Like, but um, amazing owner, worst
1: general manager we've ever seen. Yeah hundred percent. And it's a lot
0: like what Oakland's doing. Mark Davis, Mark Davis, you know, his dad just basically, he was like, just, I don't know what the hell his dad was doing, he was turning into a damn monster by the end of his life. But he, uh, you know, he, Mark Davis gets in there. He was like, all right, I got this really smart guy I'm going to hire Reggie McKenzie. We're going to, we're going to trust this process. And, uh, Reggie McKenzie has been there for four years, I believe. And just look at everything he's done. I mean, Derek Carr in the second round, I mean, you get the probably the best young quarterback or one of the three best young quarterbacks in the league in the effing second round. doesn't happen. It yep. just doesn't happen. Those guys go quick. He was drafted. Teddy Bridgewater was a drafted ahead of him. Um, oh, Mantell was drafted ahead of him. Oh, hey, speaking of Mantell, yeah, I got a funny stat for you. you know Browns passed on Dak Prescott eight times? That's <laughs> like, God. Yeah, that team uh, is all oh, those poor bastards in Cleveland just can't catch can't a break. Just if they get bored, they just just go watch Game Seven of the NBA Finals, Cleveland, and, and you'll be all right. You're gonna win the you're gonna win the finals in the NBA for the next like two three years. So you know, hopefully yeah. in that time, the Browns figure out what they're doing. And uh, you know, I do love that the they, uh, they I, I I always thought it was a mistake, man. This is one of my theories in the NFL, which is Mike Lombardi, who now works for Fox. I love him when he comes on the herd, or the only reason I even listen to the herd anymore. Um, or he goes on Bill Simmons' show. Mike Lombardi was fired by the Cleveland Browns less than a week later. I want to say it was like three or four days later, the Patriots signed him uh, to be a special special assistant to Belichick and a team advisor. And the only reason doesn't uh, worked for the Cleveland. Patriots is because Fox gave him a boatload bolt of money. But he cleared all that cap space. I mean, he should have his job should have been secured for four years after that Trent Richardson trade he made. That, that trade alone should have got him four or five years. Are you trading Trent Richardson a broken-down running back, you know, that had conditioning issues for a first-round pick? That's crazy to me. So, uh, yeah. But Speaking anyway, of uh, Trent so
1: Richardson, I believe, uh, I believe Alabama brought him in on their scout team to basically, you know, shadow uh, Leonard Fournette. Like basically, in practice, like, play the role of Leonard Fournette so the Alabama defense could get ready for it. Like, Think about that. He interesting. he went from being an NFL player to going back to his alma mater and working on the scout team. It, it, uh, it's, it's there's a lot it's of stuff on
0: the off, off field with him that's really like his family is just atrocious to him. It's it's a lot like the uh, Tyron Smith thing with his family, except for Trent Richardson didn't have the balls really to do what Tyron Smith did and just tie everybody his family off. Uh, that's one of the that's one of the most interesting stories in sports that I don't know if. It's been, it was covered at one point. I think ESPN, the magazine did it. Um, and Tyron Smith, man, that guy just had a bunch of sucklers around for me, And to his credit, he's going to have his money for a long time. Cause he just booted all of them to the curb. Uh, so another thing about the Cowboys, uh, drafting their offensive linemen, they draft really smart, pragmatic offensive linemen. on top of, uh, well, you know, we don't need to go into Lyle Collins issues, but, um, You know, we addressed that a couple weeks ago, and I I felt stupid. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 you know, Tyron Smith, man, that guy, off the field. (laughs) Just some of the stuff that I read that his family did to him. is a lot what's happening to Trent Edwards, or Trent Edwards, uh, Trent Richardson right now, and uh, it's really sad. It's just really sad. Nick Saban said Trent Richardson's one of the nicest human beings he's ever met in his life. And uh sounds that way considering uh how is uh, how he's being taken advantage of. So those stories are always really depressing. I just feel bad for those guys. Um but yeah. So are you yeah. and I in agreement that if right now we think if the Super Bowl started with the current playoff teams they're in that that are in right now, that it's a rematch of Super Bowl forty two and forty six Giants uh Patriots?
1: Oh no, not not at all. I actually, I honestly hope the Giants <laughs> make the playoffs, and they come to Dallas, and we just stank that ass proper.
0: <laughs> um, no, we both agree it's Dallas, uh, Dallas, New England. Not just because they're the one seeds, but they're the most two. They're the two most efficient teams in the league. They're exactly they they they, they do they look exactly the same week to week. I, I think it's Dallas and New England, and uh, I wouldn't be unhappy with that Super Bowl. minus the fact that their helmets are the same color. I always hate that.
1: Um, yeah, I'm all in, in on that Super reason. Bowl, man. I want the most hated Super Bowl in history. These are the two most hated franchises, you. unless you love these teams. Like, I want America to choose. Yeah. You know, are, which, which of the lesser two evils do you pick? I really want to see where oh, America God. falls for that. Yeah, that
0: worked out. That worked out great for America last night.
1: So uh, yeah, <laughs> we should definitely have another
0: one of those. <laughs> like, oh yeah, why not? Um, that's a good yeah. segue. The by the way, to watch for too. I was gonna say, maybe we're not, but I was gonna say we've been uh, we've been actively dancing around that topic because I really just don't care enough to talk about it. You idiots that think that, uh, uh, I, that the president is gonna change your life, uh, you really need to take a hard long look in the mirror. Um, unless you're a minority or a homosexual, uh, stop whining. Just stop whining. Uh, because those people have legitimate reasons to be fearful, uh, considering some yes. of the stuff that Pence has done and some of the stuff that Trump has said. But if you're a, uh, a generic white dude like Tony and I, shut up. You don't have any issues. Go find an issue. Yeah.
1: And, uh, you my uh, my They already kind of lit into me earlier on the phone for my white privilege and how you know I don't how, I don't feel how this will affect anyone in their day to day life, and she reminded me exactly of that yeah you know, that topic how uh if you're a minority a muslim or part of the l g b t q community you're pretty much screwed for the next four years, so I'm just gonna sit here and yeah. lounge back in my white privilege and just let it whitewash over me yeah
0: yeah um i think uh um, yeah yeah i don't know maybe maybe I don't wanna to touch it there's very few things i won't I won't discuss uh, I just don't yeah. want to discuss this anymore. I think if, if you're bored and you want to listen to it or read it, um, just get on anybody's Facebook page right now, except for ours, under the hoodies on Facebook. Uh, where you can find us. You'll find nothing about Trump. Yeah. So enjoy don't that. Come find us on Our Twitter. Boy got 15, at under the hoodies. Our boy Harambe got 15,000 votes, though. Um, almost made it. Or right. one out for Harambe. But, um, Rest in peace. Yep. So full disclosure, you and I had a bet as well. Um Yes, and for whatever reason, my Netflix is not popping up on my phone. It's driving me crazy. So the movie I was going to make you watch, I'm I'm hoping that it's still on there. It's this documentary called Let the Fire Burn. Um, just for the audience, do yourselves a Hold favor, now. watch a documentary. It's called Let the Fire Burn. Um, if it's in front of you, let me know if it's on there. It I've never seen a documentary tell a story like that. Very interesting. There's no narrator. There's no nothing. It's told. All in news clips and a hearing about the incident, and it's about a um,
1: oh, it's about a standoff
0: honest. between police. Oh,
1: are you sure? Oh, I'm devastated.
0: Yeah, um, it
1: pulled up titles related to "Let the Fire Burn," but not not the documentary itself.
0: Oh my god, I am I am crushed right now. Um,
1: the American Dream. That sounds pretty good though.
0: Oh my god! I am oh. devastated. Yeah, uh, that. that sounds good. Yeah. Let the fire burn. Oh my god! I am crying.
1: <laughs> so hey, it's okay. I I looked and I checked, and the one I was going to give you wasn't on there either. So Netflix is just dropping the ball. I know.
0: Um, so I have to find a new one. Man, that's been on there I saw for a while, but um, Ooh, that's, a
1: that's a good cool one though. So, I got to get off Netflix. No, I I was just saying I got to get off
0: Netflix. I was falling into a vortex on my phone. Yep. Okay, here we go. I got uh, got one you're going to watch. If you haven't seen it, it's called I Love You, Philip Morris, starring Jim Carrey and Dwayne McGregor. And uh, full disclosure, I'm not a big Jim Carrey fan, but this is by far Jim Carrey's best movie. And you'll think that Jim Carrey should have won an Oscar for this movie because um, I just love the photo of a gay couple together. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And I'm telling oh, you, it's, funny. Funny. it's, it's, it's one of the best, it's one of the best movies I watched in, uh, of two, it's one of the best movies in 2009. Um,
1: it, it's fantastic. Ooh, you know who else is in yeah. it? Uh, Leslie Mann. She's, uh, she's, she's right up in my alley. She's she's a little wife. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love me. What's yeah, Leslie? Leslie Ann. Um Yeah, so uh she plays Jim Carrey's wife in that movie. Um she's, she has a couple funny lines, but you have to come back next week and review that movie. Have Maggie watch it, Maggie will enjoy it too. Um that is a okay. I have I there's a difference between date movies and chick flicks. That's a date movie. That's a movie that both uh, Ashley and I both love this movie. Um we've watched it a couple times. It's 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 a sweet movie. It's um funny and uh it's it's it's, it's my buddy Boshaw used to have this funny saying it's funny, but it also makes you think, but in this uh this <laughs> instance it it does so um yep, that's your movie, enjoy, watch it, and um nice. so uh so yeah, I won the Bills bet this this week what what game are we betting on by the way? you didn't even preview any games
1: i your what at watch the for, schedule I'm, right now? Okay, perfect. Uh, I've got um, three possibilities, you tell me. Um, Browns, Ravens, Thursday Night Football. Most Thursday Night games are generally bad. Those are one really bad team with one mediocre. Uh, we've also got the Bears at Tampa Bay. That's a Bit mm-hmm. of a dumpster fire. And then we have the Niners at the Cardinals. I would say those are your three worst. Besides that, though, there are a lot Man. of games going on.
0: Let me check the line on the Browns. Ravens one because that's interesting. Browns Ravens line nine and and a half. Oh my god!
1: Really? Ravens by nine and a half.
0: Do we want to bet that one? If we do, Um, let's see here.
1: Jets Rams. Jets by two. Um, Do I care enough about that? I don't think so.
0: God, God, do you want to just bet Tampa Chicago? That's Tampa by one, Arizona Niners. Arizona by thirteen. Oh my God! No, I think, yeah. I, think I, I think San Francisco can score. What, what what game do you want to go with? Yeah, and that's a division. Or we can do. A, we can um, do a, yeah, mind you, uh, when the Giants and Cowboys play, that's the game that we're picking, and we're picking our, oh, our yeah. favorite teams in that one. We're not doing line. Oh, for sure. We're just straight straight up bet. Um, but yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, no Rams. Um, Ugh,
1: that's my big yeah. See, I don't even want to watch Jets Rams. I don't want to just like really, I don't want to make myself succumb to that. At least with the Ravens, you New got Baltimore. Joe Flacco with Cleveland. You got um. Oh God, why am I slipping his name right now? Uh, Bro wide Friar. receiver uh, Terrell Pryor. Pryor. We have some yeah, have some and
0: athletes, some playmakers um, to watch. All right, well let's do Baltimore. Let's do that. Are, are you going to take Baltimore in the points? or Are you going to take Cleveland? What was the point? Nine and a half? Nine and a half. So Baltimore has to win by um, ten essentially.
1: I want Cleveland.
0: Damn you. We can't bet that game 'cause I'm not I don't I don't like that at all. all right. I was hoping you would take Baltimore yeah. because I just don't I don't well, think Baltimore can beat anybody by ten. Um
1: No, and I figure Cleveland's gotta win a game somewhere, at the very least they'll keep it close. So we can't take that one though. All right. Uh Tampa God, base,
0: there
1: Chicago,
0: is this, this is about even favorite? Tampa, yeah You want to do Tampa, Chicago? Let's just do Tampa, Chicago, alright? Because this you game won, I can care left. nothing about um, Yeah, that's how we should That's how we should do it, by the way um, yeah. So, I mean, it's Tampa by one um, You know, so this is Basically, we're just picking the winner So, whew Where is this game at? This is in Tampa, I think I am gonna go I'll go Tampa I trust Jameis.
1: Okay, I'll take Chicago. They looked pretty good in their last yeah. game, the Monday night against Minnesota.
0: Yeah, they did. So
1: and they're coming off so a bye, so um So it's Tampa negative one, so it's basically I just need to win the game. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I, it's basically I, the, yeah. yeah that, it's, it's basically even.
1: They're not gonna win by
0: a friggin' half a point. So um yeah, God forbid they'll so, tie. That will suck. Oh man, that ties We're just betting on the uh, we're
1: betting on uh, the the, um, the uh, Monday night game. Angry that London game with Washington and Cincinnati made me because I was fully invested to watch the whole thing, and I was like, "Oh, we finally got a good London game!" And then they go to a goddamn tie, and I just wanted to throw my remote through the television.
0: These Brits, man, they can't they can't catch a break, you know. America just screwing them left and right. um all right, so what's uh, as hokey as it sounds,
1: you? at that point, if you, instead of ending in a tie, just go to a field goal kicking competition. How is that any different from what the NHL does with a shootout keep or moving what them soccer back. does with a shootout? Yeah, just keep moving them back. Just keep moving them back. Yeah. We're just making them kick 50-yarders each time. Just do something. Just not a so, tie. I don't. No one wants a tie. All right. So um, my
0: what to watch for, by the way, is a YouTube clip of Adam Carolla Interviewing Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom in California of California about predatory check-cashing places and uh, why Black people and Hispanic are are the ones that have to go to that those places. It's 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 funny. Uh, Corolla had one of my favorite quotes ever, which because uh, this was back when. Obama said it takes, you know, any man can conceive a child, but it takes courage to raise their kid. And Corolla just had one of the funniest analogies to that, which is like it takes – uh, anybody can go to IHOP and order food, but it takes courage to pay the bill. One of his best lines. So um, I, uh, I think that that is going to be my what to watch this week um, as far as a YouTube clip, and I'm actually going to copy it and put it on the, uh, the Twitters there and uh yeah, Twitter, and uh, yeah, so watch it on Twitter at under the hoodies, um but uh, but yeah, uh, that's mine this week, so, what is yours
1: uh well i yeah, I didn't want to talk much politics, really, and I think the best way to go about it is to take a comedic look at it, and there's no program on television that does that better, nor funnier than South Park. And not only tonight do they air a new episode, um, the great thing, what people don't know about South Park, is how topical they are. They're right on top of whatever's going on. They're very current. And the way that they do that is they air, or not air, um, they make their episodes over a six-day period. Whereas most cartoons take anywhere from six to 18 months, South Park can churn out an episode in six days. And they even, uh, they hyped up this episode tonight about the election. Instead of, you know, doing what most cartoons are doing, airing two, uh, or filming two episodes, you know, one if Hillary wins, one if Trump wins, South Park decided, oh, we're just going to wait until we find out who wins the election, and then we're going to do most of the episode that same day and air it later that night, which the amount of work and dedication that takes and brainstorming between the creators, uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, is just incredible. But my What to Watch for ties in with that. It's a documentary on South Park called Six Days to Air. And it basically goes through what those guys go through to get an episode out in six days and just the painstaking work and effort it takes. And, you know, the 20-hour the work days it takes over six days to just pop out an episode that quickly and just to be relevant and stay on top of everything, whether it be the political correctness they did last year or the you know the election stuff this year with the uh, basically all candidates boiled down to a giant to a giant douche versus a turd sandwich. But I can't say enough about South Park. If you can get past how you know lewd and crude it can be, the social commentary on it is just amazing.
0: Uh, Tony's very right. Um. You know what? I'm having, for whatever reason, I'm having trouble tweeting this for some, unmo- oh, here we go. Okay, there we go. We're good. Um, God, what is going on with this? Anyway, um, yeah, so that is the show for today. Go ahead, follow us at Bill Kegel or at Tony Cuse or at Under the Hoodies, spelled how you would spell Under the Hoodies. I don't know how the hell that wasn't taken yet on Twitter, but uh, good on Tony for making it. Good big shout out to Tony by the way. You you made you made the wife laugh uh laugh with her uh with with your uh Facebook status about uh, <laughs> tired of uh somehow giving your ears a vacation listening to our episode from last week. I uh, thought it was it made it made her laugh and made me laugh, so I was a fan of it. But um Oh
1: but yeah, it, if there's thing uh, I'll do it's just cheap pops and shrilling out this podcast on Facebook endlessly. Yeah. I don't care if people are sick of seeing it or yeah. not, I'll 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 pull it into any conversation possible. And fun fact, man, one of my coworkers today called me and was asking me about the podcast. Like, hey, what was the name of that podcast you got? You know, I want to explain to me how to download it, how to listen to it. For people who don't know, you should know if you're already listening to it, but you can go on iTunes or um, I have Samsung phone. I use uh, a great app called Podcast Addict. Uh, You know, go on there, search uh, Back Sports page and then you'll pull up the episode list once you subscribe. This is all free, by the way. Pull up the episode list. You'll find us under the hoodies. And what I tell people to do so you don't use up that precious data, which will cost you an arm and a leg from your your carriage company, um, download the episode while you're on Wi-Fi, and then listen to it at your leisure while you're on the road. I mean, Bill and I, we drive for a living. We have tons of downtime driving. Him and I, we listen to podcasts all day, and it's just, it helps make the long drive to work or the long drive at work go by quicker. I mean, like we said, man, give us your feedback. Hit us up on Twitter, at Bill Kegel. Q's 44. Hit us up at under the hoodies. You know, I don't care if it's positive, negative. You want to rip me to shreds. Bill's Mafia. I'm waiting to hear from you. Let's go. Give us some feedback.
0: I'm 100% with Tony on this. Uh, by all means, rip us on uh, online if you'd like. Um and uh boy, we've got a lot of followers on this and just a handful of uh I mean, granted it's not a ton, forty seven. But uh but yeah, you know what? Also just tell a friend. Just 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 tell a friend, let's do word of mouth, you know, be part of something small but hopefully it gets bigger and uh get it on the ground floor on uh, on under the hoodies if you listen to our first show, just Tony and I together compared to now, it's only been like a month and a half, but we're making considerable strides in our, uh, in our efforts to get better. And, um, we love doing the show. We would love to be able to do it more often, but we can't unless we're supported. And that all depends on the good people listening to this. Sorry. I had a brain for you. I had a, uh, I had a uh, oh God, a dream Draymond Green moment where I just sat there frozen in time for a second, I didn't realize what I was doing. Because uh, yeah, I've gotten all but uh, probably in the last two days, total of six hours of sleep. Had a little one with uh, with some tummy troubles there, so um, getting uh, yeah. getting a little but, uh, getting a little bit of sleep. But I think it's back on uh, back on tonight. I think she's she's on she's in the clear now. So that's a
1: plus. There you go. Yeah, but let's wrap it up because uh, the lady's giving me the uh, hand gestures here and it looks like I might get a little bit of loving, And by that, I mean, maybe I'll be able to snuggle her and give her a kiss on the forehead.
0: <laughs> um, oh, my sister right. in the in background, the she said,
1: that's a negative.
0: Oh, well, there you go. Uh, uh, that I'm going to touch the right myself flow. in the bathroom. Um, <sighs> we've become that show. All right, Tony. Bill Kegel, Tony Nicola, I'm saying his last name right.
1: We are. What, Tony? Oh, Billy. You make me so happy. Me, too.